just leave that up to you If you don't believe I'll understand Understand You recall a girl that's been in nearly every song This is what I heard Of course the story could be wrong She's the one I've been told Though she's wearing a band of gold Peggy Silk got married not long ago Hi everyone, welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo, I am the author of the film review website Quipster.net. I do films of the 1980s there as well as current films all the way back to the early days of filmmaking. You can read all of my written reviews, over 4,000 of them, to read anytime at Quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to let everybody know that I do another podcast called the Quipster Film Review Podcast where I cover all of the latest releases out in theaters, so check it out. That's the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Hopefully you subscribe to both of them and enjoy both of them. Today I'm going to be looking at the second film of my high-concept high school trilogy. These films don't really have anything that relate to each other that much, except for they're set in high school and they have a time travel aspect to them. As you know, I covered Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in my previous podcast episode. Today, I'm going to look back to 1986 for a comedy drama called Peggy Sue Got Married. It's a PG-13 rated film. There is some sexuality, some drug content, teen drinking, and language, and it runs an hour and 43 minutes. Kathleen Turner is the main star. Supporting roles going to Nicolas Cage, Catherine Hicks, Barry Miller, Kevin J. O'Connor, Jim Carrey in one of his early roles, Joan Allen as well, Will Schreiner, Sofia Coppola is in the film, and Helen Hunt in a very, very small role. The director is Francis Ford Coppola. He is not credited as Francis Ford Coppola, just Francis Coppola in this film because I think he felt since he is just a director and kind of a last-minute sign-on that he wouldn't use his trademark full name for this film. Uh, The screenplay is credited to Jerry Leitling and Arlene Sarner. This film asks the same kind of what-if questions that we all have in our own lives at one time or another on what we might do differently if we could relive life all over again. Kathleen Turner here is starring as Peggy Sue Kelcher. Now, Peggy Sue's title is inspired by a posthumously released Buddy Holly song from 1959. It was a demo that he recorded as a sequel to his 1957 hit, Piggy Sue. And that sequel song served as the basis for this film's title. Piggy Sue Kelcher is a restlessly unhappy 40-something-year-old woman. She's close to divorcing her high school sweetheart, Charlie Bodell. Peggy Sue ends up passing out while she's at her 25th high school reunion, and she ends up waking up back in her high school days, back in 1960, at the beginning of the relationship that she had with Charlie, except with all of the memories and life experiences of her future self. She's reliving these days with full knowledge of what lies ahead and perhaps can do something about it. She has the chance of not going down the same route to a failed marriage to a philandering alcoholic. Could she rewrite her personal history by falling for the hunky Jack Kerouac-esque beatnik poet Michael, or will she go for the high school nerd with a financially successful future 
in the works in Richard. Those are things to ponder in this film and kind of the crux of what happens. As I mentioned, Francis Ford Coppola, Francis Coppola, if you prefer, is the director. He worked as a fill-in gun for hire on the project when the original director, Jonathan Demme, left due to creative differences. And then Penny Marshall, who was the second director on this film, did the same a short time later. But they got Coppola, who worked with the screenplay from the husband and wife screenwriting team of Jerry Lakeling and Arlene Sarner. It's an unusually light entry for a cinematic heavy hitter like Coppola, who once helmed epics like the Godfather films and Apocalypse Now. His 80s films were much smaller in scope as they were primarily because of his attempt to avoid bankruptcy. He really needed the money, and that's why he took this job. Piggy Sue Got Married still feels like one of his fluffiest efforts in his filmography, but I do say from the outcome of the film, he does desert films pretty well, it seems. And while very few would really rank Piggy Sue Got Married among Francis Ford Coppola's very best films, it's certainly a charming vehicle for the director, and some excellent bittersweet moments from a woman who gets to relive the person she once was and to re-experience a key time in her life and the loved ones she no longer has in her life and to be very reflective of that. What Peggy Sue might not have, though, are her children because if she decides on a different path, they're probably not going to be in existence and that's something that also weighs heavily on her mind during this time. Peggy Sue Got Married would garner three Oscar nods. One was for Kathleen Turner's fine performance, she herself was a fill-in for the originally cast Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger suffered a severe injury that left her unable to fulfill her commitment to the role. And the other Oscar nominations went to Jordan Cronenweth's cinematography and Theodora Van Runkel's costume design. All of those are taking great use of a commitment to a beautiful soft pink and pastel color design that gives it that dreamlike effect for such a fantastic premise. This film really rides the nostalgia wave for the 1950s and the 1960s that were very prevalent during the mid-1980s. It seems like a very sophisticated cousin of another successful time-hopping high school film that was released the prior year. Of course, I'm talking about Back to the Future. Coppola here employs a bit of a nepotism in the casting, albeit a bit reluctantly because he didn't really want to put his nephew Nicolas Cage as the co-star. There's also a supporting role, as I mentioned, for Coppola's daughter, Sophia, as Piggy Sue's younger sister. Nicolas Cage really didn't want to do the film either. He adopts a bit of a nasal voice. He has fake teeth. He has a quirky inflection that takes some adjustment to appreciate as something more than a caricature. In fact, that cartoonishness was deliberate. Cage later admitted that he used Pokey of Pokey and Gumby fame as his inspiration for that role. I think he's good enough in the role of the teenager with big dreams of becoming a pop star only to find himself following in his father's footsteps running the family appliance store. Cage actually offers a range of emotions from a role that could have come across as one note and unlikable with an actor with less range, despite the stupid voice. According to Kathleen Turner, Nicolas Cage played the part in this way in order to prove that he was not just cast because he was the director's nephew. He wanted to do his own thing, independent of the instruction that Francis Coppola had for him. Turner refused to ever work with Nicolas Cage again because the experience, as well as his troublemaking on the set, left a bitter aftertaste in her mouth. And Nicolas Cage and his uncle Francis also never worked together again either, though they 
remain very close as family. There are a few nitpicks for Peggy Sue Got Married for me. It kind of irked me. There's a scene in which Peggy Sue ends up bursting out laughing when she discovers that her father bought a brand new Etzel, the most famous of all lemon cars. Surely she should have known and remembered this occurring in her past, even, you know, 25 years later. It's such a significant thing. I can't believe she doesn't remember what kind of car her father bought during her teenage years. There's a there's also this character that's at the reunion. We meet her. She's in a wheelchair. She seems to have a significant backstory, but her injury and Peggy Sue's attempt to change her fate is left to the cutting room floor unresolved. It was in the script. It didn't end up in the movie. Uh, I guess a larger criticism that I have is the choice to make the actors play themselves as both 40-something as well as teenagers. It's difficult to resolve because all of these actors are too old to be teens and they look old, but they're also obviously too young to buy as middle-aged, so they don't really work in either capacity. It does require a healthy amount of suspension of disbelief to go with the narrative flow. I was able to do it, but I don't know that the film is really stronger because of that choice. And though there are definitely moments that rank among the very best efforts for its time of release, Peggy Sue Got Married is a bit uneven at times, especially as it enters its third act. You have tonal shifts that become more evident, especially a comic scene involving Peggy Sue's grandfather's Masonic Lodge and the very coincidental time travel beliefs that they share. And that leads to a conclusion which Coppola reshot due to his dissatisfaction with his first take on that ending. It doesn't quite jive with the high concept premise and the solid buildup to the characters that we come to know and understand well. It's as if all of the novel ideas were built into the premise and not nearly as much was put into how it should all resolve at the end. Francis Coppola, who wanted to prove he could be a master filmmaker in any genre, nevertheless, at the very least, shows he can handle the whimsical nostalgia dramedy well. Some might say that this film also dabbles into fantasy and science fiction. That's certainly debatable. There really isn't any explanation given for the phenomenon experienced by Peggy Sue that causes her to go to the past. You could even argue that all of what occurs in this film is in her head, so maybe it wasn't really a time travel thing, although that doesn't really explain a few of the things that occur in the ending. Nevertheless, I do think that while it may not exactly stand up to logical scrutiny and maybe was more appreciated at its time of release in the 1980s than it is today. Taken as a fantastical tale of romantic and nostalgic second chances in life, Peggy Sue Got Married, I do think, does satisfy in its bittersweet reflections. It's bolstered by very nice characterizations and actors who are definitely up to the task of fleshing in the humanity to their roles. I enjoyed Peggy Sue Got Married despite its flaws. I do recommend it, and I'm going to give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it. There are some reservations there because it is a little choppy here and there. And Nicolas Cage's performance, I think, is a kind of a double-edged sword because I think he's a pretty good actor, at least at this period of his career. And yet, one wishes that he could have played in the same movie that everybody else was playing instead of doing his own thing. And like I said, it does get overshadowed by a better film, Back to the Future, for this kind of material. So three stars out of four is what I'm going to give Peggy Sue Got Married. It's a film that I think has great moments, enough to bolster some of the material that maybe doesn't rank as highly as some of Coppola's films at his peak. 
Thank you everyone for listening. I do hope you enjoyed this review of Peggy Sue Got Married. I'm going to be continuing on the time travel high school films in my next podcast episode. I'm going to look at a film that really is kind of obscure. I didn't even know if you can stream it nowadays. It's a film that I do remember came out during my teenage years, though. It's called My Science Project. That'll be the very next film that I review, so I hope that you look forward to that because I have not seen that film in a very long time, since I was probably about 14 or 15, so we'll see if that one really stood the test of time. I doubt it, but we'll see. And I hope that you've been enjoying this look around the world in 80s movies as much as I have enjoyed bringing them to you. If you ever want to write to me, you can go to my website, quipster.net. You can find my contact information there. You can go to Twitter. ATW Movies is what you can search for around the world movies. And I also encourage you to check out the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I'd love to hear your input on some of the newer films that are out there. Until next time, thanks everyone for joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies.